kind of a cool process for reloading, but awesome. people that are really into it, I don't have the time or space to do it right now, or or I would start doing that too. Justin, welcome. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? Hey, thank you. Doing well, Mark. Good to see you. What's up, Joe? You too. Chilling, chilling. Uh, Mark's drinking a Bohemian Lager from Tombstone. Nice. And it's quite I delicious. Love, I love all those old school lagers. Oh, dude. I'm an old school kind of guy. They're coming back, man. I honestly oh, don't sure. discriminate. No. I don't discriminate against beer, so. <laughs> you haven't, we, ha- you haven't had a Hefeweizen. You haven't had Hefeweizen yet. <laughs> you know, I God, that's familiar. I may have had one of those at some point. Oh yeah, tastes like tastes so. like banana bread, but that's gone bad. Oh, <laughs> so it's not. So you're saying it's not good? It's not. It's not one of the f- most popular styles, I would say. Uh, yeah. There are some breweries out there that'll make them, and you know they'll once in a while they'll make them really good. But it's something mm-hmm. that you don't see that often, as far as like, oh, I got to get this Hefeweizen because you know I heard it was super tasty. <laughs> Um, right. No, not usually. But the lagers, uh, the IPAs. I think I sent you a few IPAs as well. Um, yep. You know, stouts obviously are are the, the three of the popular brand uh, styles. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, man. I like them all. All right, stouts uh, and stouts and lagers particularly. Lager, lagers. I'm telling you. So IPAs. That's a before we start recording ipas for a long time have been pretty much the king and you know like all the beer scene everybody goes crazy of when the next ipa release is going to come out and everything else but slowly loggers and pilsners are making a creep Uh, so i think i sent you a um, a big spill pills yep you did send me one of those that one that one i would recommend drinking maybe not i mean next so whenever you want but that one's a really good tasty pilsner um, well, that will probably be the the next one this evening, but it's upstairs in my outside. It's in my gym fridge, so I've got to uh, nice. get a sip on this gingerly until it's uh, until we're done. All right, so let me. Yeah, hit pilsners are about my favorite style. I love a good pilsner. We can go on for like an entire pod about talking about our favorite styles. Sure. <laughs> All right, so let me get it started. Uh, so we are once again Max Allotment Podcast. Uh, I have two special guests today. Justin Cross, owner and founder of Own Your Booze, Mark Briggs. Uh, you've seen him in P90X Plus, P90X2, P90X3. Uh, I don't know, 22. Oh, the 22 minute hardcore or is it hardcore? Yep. Is what it's called? Yeah, um, you got it. And you know, he's been around the world with Tony Horton, the founder of P90, a creator of P90X. Excuse me. Um, he's helped out other people get fit, get into shape. Uh, when I first started getting into, into shape and working out, I was heavy into P90X, and then I ran into Mark Briggs. I kind of liked his styles. Uh, he adapted P90X in different ways. Um, started doing some MMA training, which I love doing as well. And uh, we just kind of hit it off, became good friends, and we've been in contact here and there. We got a workout in about eight years ago, I believe it was, in Connecticut. Um, yeah, man. So here we are. Guys, how you doing? Justin? Doing well, man. Doing really well. Thank you. Had an awesome workout this morning up at uh, Power and uh, Motion CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just grabbed a couple Goldwater beers here for the podcast. Nice. What'd you get? Um, one of my favorites, Hop Chowda. Can't go wrong with Ooh. that. And I'm going to crack open the new one, Timbo Slice Mango <laughs> Hazy IPA. <laughs> the name alone has has volumes of goodness to it, man. That's what I said. You know, and I know the guy, Tim. I was like, oh my God, this is like... How much did you have to pay to get yourself a Timbo Slice version of yourself beer? How cool is that? That's you know, as soon as I found out the late, as soon as I saw the label of it, I DM'd him directly and I said, "I'm not buying a 
beer with your picture on it. That's not going to happen. And so they, he started laughing. <laughs> and I told him, I said, when I get to the brewery, I'm going to ask them for a non-labeled beer. And I did. And they said, no, they don't have any. <laughs> I said, let me go to the Crowlers. Like, no, I can't do that either. I'm like, damn it. All right, I'll take a four back. Got to uh, protect that brand, man. No, no, he's a, he's a good dude. He uh, Congratulations to uh, Tim. He just found out he's having a baby soon. Oh, Very and I, cool. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to him. Um, Outstanding. So That's awesome. How you doing, Mark? What's going on with you? What's new with you? I'm doing I'm doing great, man. That uh, dealing with this COVID lockdown, frustrating nonsense like everybody else around the planet is, and uh, you know, really doing my best um, to keep on a routine, and it's it's going well. You know, it's in all honesty, things didn't change a whole ton for me. I was already working from home. Mm-hmm. What what had cut down? I love training, and, and you know that I travel all over the country, still training prior to COVID and I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Uh, in fact, I'll be down in South Carolina next week. South Carolina is open back up and I'm going back to work. So nice. Yeah. I'll be down there for a week for the tactical games, which is kind of like CrossFit meets combat. Uh, very cool, fun awesome. stuff. Perfect place to have uh, a couple adult beverages after you're done for the day mm-hmm. and all the, <laughs> uh, all the guns are put away. Um, but it's a good time, man. It, it is absolutely one of my favorite things it's um you know you're you're working out you're shooting with an elevated heart rate and it's it's challenging it's fun you meet all kinds of cool people from all over the country all over the world actually there's people that come in from from europe and other nations uh to compete and it's it's a good time well i wanted to get into that a little later um sure first and foremost you're drinking a tombstone uh bohemian lager from tombstone Mm -hmm. brewery in tombstone arizona uh very good what are your thoughts on that I like it, man. I've never had one before. I, you know, my youngest daughter lives out in Phoenix mm-hmm. and um, she actually works uh, at a bar. She's a bartender part time and she had turned me on to some tasty brews when I was out there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I wish this stuff you could get everywhere because it's it's damn good beer. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I know you have the other box that you have the, the box and you have the other stuff in there. So hopefully you get a chance to taste that and, you know, share your thoughts. On yeah, that as man. Well. Thanks. Thank you for sharing the, uh, the goodie bag with me. That's, uh, that's awesome. Very hey, cool. Good beers for sharing. If you can't share good beer, that's then right. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> for sure, man. So what's funny is that Justin said he has a hop chowder and it's spelled just the way it sounds, hop chowder and, ha- and a label looks just like the uh, Campbell soup. And being that mm-hmm. you're from Massachusetts, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. Originally, yes. I was a mass hole, and I transplanted out to uh, <laughs> Illinois back in 1990. But, yeah, the the chowder, you get in the car and park by the harbor and have a beer and uh, <laughs> eat your chowder <laughs> and don't be a chowder head. Those were the biggest things. Oh, man. I, I What's yeah. funny is that living out here, the first – I would say still to this day, actually. Um, but the first two years, my East Coast New York accent was very strong. And people would pick up on it immediately and just kind of like, what the hell are you saying? What's going on? And so it's so crazy. Like, so when I run into other people and they have their deep accents and everything else, I connect with them immediately. doesn't matter where you're from mm-hmm. anymore. It's like if people from – most people from Arizona don't really have an accent, but everybody else, because we're transplants as well, we have accents and people just kind of pick up on that. And I'm like, oh, thank God I can communicate with somebody that understands me. And I have mm-hmm. to explain what I said five times because they don't understand what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I can relate. I go back out there and I'm, I'll be in mass for a couple of days and I'll pick it back right back up. Nice. It, it's entertaining. You know, you can turn it on and off. So you know, what's funny is that my girlfriend says that a lot when I talk to my family back east. She yeah. she says like when, the moment you get on the phone with them, immediately it comes out. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yep. I didn't realize it. 
I am very fluent in Bostonian. <laughs> so are you still heavy into the, I mean, I, I don't know. I follow you a lot, but I've, I, I've, you've kind of like in it, but not in it as far as the beach body. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I still do beach body. Um, I'm still coaching. I still connect people with programs that they like, but, uh, for me personally, I've stepped more into following my own programming and designing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd worked for, um, a sandbag company out of Colorado for a couple of years, designing programming for them and actually traveling around training different police departments and um, areas within the military for stress shooting or elevated heart rate shooting. And we use the sandbags to elevate the heart rate, which best replicates what honestly happens to you when you're in a gunfight. You go from sitting at a resting heart rate that's maybe in the 60s and all of a sudden you spike to 170, 180, lose mm. fine motor skills. So my mission is to get people functionally operational with clarity to be able to have cognitive function when they're tacked out and be able to shoot the bad guys if god forbid they find themselves in that place and and come out on top and not uh not end up on the losing side of that fight so that's uh well that's that's kind of been my focus if you ever have to deploy a firearm or a weapon or whatever it's not going to be at the range at a stationary target right there's probably a very stressful situation happening so if you don't train under that you know your target practice might not matter i can assure you that's accurate i've i've had a couple and Mm. uh I, I can, that was, that was a big part of what drove me. I was, so I was a, before, I, you know, Beachbody and P90X, I was a cop for a whole lot of years. I did 18 years of my career before I retired, um, awesome. eight years in, eight years in SWAT, uh, two years in narcotics and all of the rest of it with SWAT and patrol combined. So it's, uh, it's an interesting job. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad no. to not be doing it, but I'm extremely yeah. thankful for uh, for those that still do. Awesome. And you know, that's my way of giving back to that community. If I can give somebody some nugget that keeps them from ending up in a pine box, then I'm then I'm doing my job. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. Justin, um, we've talked. Mark and I have just talked right now about a lot about Beachbody workouts, P90X. Uh, there's Insanity and a few others. And you're big into fitness. Have you ever dabbled with the P90X or the Beachbody stuff? Oh, yeah, man. I had, I used to have the, uh, I don't know if it was like version one or two, but all the DVD sets, uh, we used to pop. I don't even even have a DVD player anymore, but <laughs> I ran through them all. Yeah, for sure. Uh, P90X. Um, I haven't done Insanity. I'm very familiar with it, but um, I definitely have run the P90X uh, a couple dozen times through every every DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, uh, one of my buddies here is uh, Kenyatta Banks. He does something called Arsenal. And it was kind of like his version of a P90X, which that kind of training, obviously, over the past two months, mm. I mean, that's money right there. A lot of all, most gyms are closed. Um, people don't necessarily want to go outside and jog or run. So if you can do something effect, as effective as P90X or Insanity at your house, I mean, that's it's killer. So, yeah, I was glad to already be familiar with that because I've been doing a, a good amount of body weight stuff over the past couple months. Oh yeah. So, what was your what was your your least favorite P90X workout? Oh man. Oh, Yoga. I mean, back then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the plyometrics. Damn it, Mark! I wanted to hear him say it so we could all agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because especially back then when I did it, like I was like a typical just like gym bro, you know, chest day, arm day, back day. So I had zero good like <laughs> flexibility there was no you know jumping lunges or anything like that so that was the stuff that really beat me up bad um i now i, I can handle it now but when i was really going through it i was like is this people really do this shit what is going on it's tough 
You know what's funny? You say you can handle it now, and I've never, as long as I've done P90X, I've never, quote-unquote, gotten used to it. And yeah. it's one of those workouts that I, I, I don't, I mean, I've I've seen a ton of people work out to it. I've helped other people work out to it and everything else. And it's such a, as far as the plyo specifically, excuse me, not just the whole P90X workout, but the plyo. Um, it, it just kicks your ass every single time, man. It's like there's no, not one time that it doesn't beat you up. Yep. Well, the reason for that, I mean, obviously, you control the you control the pace, right? So yeah. you can always go faster, you can always go harder, you can cut out the brakes, and then you can make it as intense, or you can make it as uh, laid back as you really want to as well, depending on what you're doing. You can take the plyo out of it and make it a a step or a squat without without that impact. Uh, as I've gotten yeah, older, I, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I do that. I uh, I usually watch the knees a lot. If I'm feeling really good and there's no clicking or any weird shit going on, then sure, I'll kind of, I'll jump around more. But a lot of the times it just turns into like a reverse step lunge or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what I was going to say too. You know, I'm, I'm 50 now and my, uh, I, I've got some injuries I've carried with me from years younger. I call them sins of the past where we do things and we think we're bulletproof and then we get broken and we keep doing things and we get broken and then you get older and it's like, well, great. That's what osteoarthritis is. So <laughs> You know, I can, I can, if I do plyo, I can jump up onto boxes, mm-hmm. but I have to stair step down. If I jump mm-hmm. down, I can't walk for two days when I get done. So you so, got to learn to modify so you can keep driving on. I'm going to share a fail that I recently did. Oh, not recently, about two years, about a year and a half ago, give or take. Um, I, I'm heavy into jump rope. I love jumping rope. I love, you know, it's one of my favorite cardio workouts. And so my sneakers have gotten to the point where the front, the toe part, the front part is pretty much smooth. So I'm wearing these sneakers and I'm doing a box jump on top of my giant tire. And I didn't realize <laughs> that it was, my sneakers were that bad until I slipped my bus and my ass fell backwards. And oh, so, yeah, it's just it, injury injuries in, in workout are just always like, it's, it's always, everybody always has a story about how they hurt themselves, but it's like, you know, you laugh at it now, but back then you're like, fuck, that was a stupid idea. Like, why would I do that? Um, but you never but yeah. do it again. Not with a sneak, not with those sneakers. No, no. no. <laughs> or you, so you modify, a, like you said. I had an Armenian neighbor growing up. And um, when I was five years old, he told me something and it stuck with me for the rest of my life. And he said, a jackass doesn't even fall in the same hole twice. Mm. I mean, this was an old school, old country Armenian guy that grew up in the, in the desert and and I don't know why it stuck with me, but I'm like, oh yeah, you got to learn from your mistakes so you don't do the stupid things over again. Hell yeah, it, it, it stuck. Hell yeah, it's great advice, and I always try to impart that to everybody. So, you talked about adding more firearm training and the elevated heart rate, the uh, you know combining the two. Um, mm-hmm. How do you prepare for that? Like, I don't, I don't like. I would know where to start. Like I can tell somebody yeah. how to how to work out for their fitness goals. I can tell somebody like, you know, hey, if you want to build this, you do these workouts and XYZ. Um sure. like how do you how do you combine the two? Like how was that so work? For for me, it came from my background. You know, I said I was I was a cop for 18 years and then I was almost 10 years in the fitness industry before I decided to kind of re-involve the two. Mm-hmm. Um after I retired it was a few years before I even touched a firearm again. I just kind of had lost the drive for it. And um, it was actually hunting that brought me back into the wheelhouse. And now I actually go shoot to relax. Like if I'm really having a bad day, mm. I go shoot because you can't be in your head and be able to shoot. But 
integrating it with fitness, you know, I've, I've, I've been a certified trainer in uh, MMA conditioning, personal training, group fitness instruction, um, tactical strength and conditioning. So it was drawing on those backgrounds and then my background in both the military and in law enforcement as being a firearms instructor as well. Mm. Um, just combining things that would work and kind of coming up with fun drills. And I'll tell you what, Joe, I, you would absolutely love one of these workouts. Mm. In my garage, I have a, uh, an NLT cert pistol. So it looks like a Glock. It's a red pistol. I've got an RMR on it. So it's the, an optic because, you know, part of getting old, your eyes go to shit as well. <laughs> um, and I will set up different drills with that. You can change magazines. It's the exact same size and weight as a Glock. The magazines are the same weight as a loaded magazine in a Glock. So it makes it a very realistic training tool, but instead of going bang, it fires a laser when you pull the trigger. Mm. You can connect to their software through a computer. It'll track your your break times, your impact, your time to pull the trigger, your time going from the holster to your shots to back in the holster. I mean, it, it tracks everything <laughs> with the software. So now it's just a matter of what can we come up with that's going to be fun. So a, a typical... A typical circuit I might do with a handful of people, we'll grab a sandbag with maybe 50, 55 pounds in it. Mm. We'll do five hand cleans, drop it, run 20 yards, flip a 500-pound tractor tire five times, pick up a set of farmer carry handles with, you know, 90 pounds per hand, run another 40 yards, come back, pick up a 20-pound mace, beat the tire 10 times each, run back in, do five back squats with the sandbag, drop it, then pick up that pistol, load a magazine in, shoot 10 rounds on the bob bag, reload, throw another 10 rounds downrange, and then the exercise stops and you get your break and the next person goes. So you're jacked way, way up, and then it'll be three or four minutes and you'll go again and we'll do that for an hour, hour and a half, depending dude, on how many people we have. Dude, my heart rate is racing just hearing you talk, talking about it. It's fun. <laughs> and here's, here's the other thing. So, Like, so I'm, already, I'm already getting, like, you told you the sandbags, the farmer's walks, everything else, and then you're like, you're going to shoot a gun after all that shit. And it's like, yeah. damn, like, I'm, yeah. I, I'm already like sweating, thinking about it and shit. Like, oh my God, can oh, I yeah. focus? Can yeah. I, can I hold the gun? Will I be trembling? You know, all that good stuff. Well, you know, up until November of last year, the better part of two years prior, I was doing strongman stuff. So cardio to me then was lifting heavy shit faster. Mm -hmm. I literally had like no cardio, but I could deadlift a car 22, 24 times. Um, I could put a 300 pound Atlas stone over a, a 48 inch yoke. And it was just, it was cool. I enjoyed it. And I had fun, but you know, you got to come back to looking at things. I kind of decided once I hit 50, I was going to go back to functional fitness. I have a long family history of heart disease mm. and, um, you know, it was just time to get lean. So I cut a bunch of weight, changed my diet. Everything lifting is 25 to 35 reps per set. Mm. And I do legit cardio, like 45 minutes to 90 minutes, three days a week. And then I lift on the, on the other three days, Friday, I'm going on a 12 mile ruck march with a 40 pound ruck. You know, just uh, to honor the 22 that mm -hmm. uh, commit suicide with the with the military. So just to kind of raise awareness. Justin, and, um, you talked about that before, right? With the uh, when you guys were drinking in the military, and then you had to go running afterwards, like after drinking all night, and then going for a quick run for a four or eight six mile run, whatever it was. Uh, after he just vomiting. described. <laughs> <laughs> After he would, I've done after, a few of those in my day. After what Mark just said, <laughs> um, <laughs> what what kind of what kind of what's going through your mind right now? Well, I mean that's basically uh, that's how my Navy career went, you know, in a nutshell. It was uh, too much drinking the night before, and then still having to put up with everything you put up, that, you know, when you go to work. Um, 
but really that's kind of led what into, you know, the intention of my whole business is earn your booze. You know, we want people that drink to actually think about their bodies, take care of their bodies, lower your toxicity, make room for things like fun food and fun drinks and stuff like that. Um, and it really all started for me in the Navy. So I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, there's a, a lot of physical things to consider when you, uh, when you're drinking a lot, a lot of mental things to consider. And especially if you're in uh, you know, military first responders and you have to keep that physical thing, you know, at the front of mind, it's just, to me, there's no other way to live. Like you've got to take care of your mind and your body, especially if you're putting fun, toxic things in it, you know, <laughs> for sure. I really try to get, I really try to get people that are in the military as well as first responders to think of themselves as tactical athletes, because that's really what they are. Yeah. I mean, you have professional athletes that get paid and they get to train all the time. But, you know, you look at our first responders and they have extremely stressful jobs. And exercise is obviously a great way to cut stress and deal with stress. Right. Um, you know, but by the same token, life is way too short to be so rigid that you don't enjoy the good things in life. Mm -hmm. And I had spent a few years on that plane, too, you know, where I wouldn't eat anything that was that was nasty. And I was so rigid and strict. I was 3% body fat and 170 pounds. And, um, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, Joe knew me. Joe knew me in that time, and you know, in in ways looking back, it kind of sucked because it's like, man, that cake looks pretty good, but I'm not going to eat it, you know. And now I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, fuck it, I should have ate the cake, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like it's like now, like I work my ass off, I train my ass off, because um, I fully I fully expect at some point I'm going to get pulled back into the into the realm of things, and I'm going to be ready for it, but I'm not going to be so rigid that I'm not uh, enjoying life mm -hmm. because tomorrow is no promise ever. So mm -hmm. that's right. You've got to find the balance for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said you said it really well. I agree, hundred percent. Great job. Um, so, how much of P ninety X is still current in your workouts? Uh, I know it's a big part of your life. I've I've learned. I met you through P ninety X. You know, when when I when I used to do P ninety X, and and you know, I loved it. I I moved away from the work from the program. I now do kind of like a lot of my stuff that's incorporates a lot of the the mentality and the the process of what what P90X is about. Um, it's ingrained in my system. I can't break it. Even when I was lifting, yeah. I was lifting heavier. It's like yeah. you know I was doing Body Beast, which is the uh, the bodybuilding program from Beachbody, and even then I'm like, oh man, I should be doing some pull ups right now, or I should be you know you know maybe I should just do some uh, some squat jumps or something like that, some squat jacks, some squat jacks. Uh, yeah. So how much is that current in your in your current system? How much is that something that in your mind that you just as you're writing your routines comes out? Um, a lot of my weightlifting structure still goes back to Tony. I try and do 24 to 26 sets, mm. and that's it in in whatever workout that I'm doing with weightlifting. Um, and to give credit where it's due, you know, Tony took a lot of his time and energy and invested it in me. Um, kind of, he, he was hands down my mentor. I wouldn't be where I am at all doing fitness things that I'm doing if it was not for him being the catalyst that, that really lit the fire in me. Mm -hmm. And we still keep in touch, you know, he's 61 years old and he's still getting after it. And I have no doubt in my mind that he can still crush me in pull-ups. Um, <laughs> I I'll still crush him on the mat, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of been that way since day one, you know, that's, that's what not matters. His thing <laughs> But he's, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Tony. And I, I do incorporate a lot of his thought. He taught me how to be a trainer, you know, way back when. I, you know, I've, I've led group workouts all over the place. I've been up in front of crowds of 25,000 people. Mm. And it always resonated with me, Tony's words of, 
this is their workout, not yours. Because I think a lot of new people, when they start to train, their thought is, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get my workout in while I'm doing this. And he says, you know, you can't, you can't do both. You've got to, you're up there for them. You have to pay attention to them. You have to cue them. You have to keep them engaged. And right. he's the one that taught me all of that stuff. So any workout that I design, I always try and keep his, his teachings in mind. And um, so in that aspect, it's still very much there. I've moved into a lot of different things like, like you've, you've noticed. Um, and I, and I still, I still mix it up. I, th I think that's the key to really keeping things fun. You know, like Friday leg day, for example, is it used to be more traditional lifts with squats and that type of stuff. Now it's more, more tire flips, um, overhead keg throws, farmer carries, um, walking lunges, mm. it just, you know, and then of course, throwing in some sandbag stuff. We, we, um, take a big, take a big sandbag full of, full of sand and rocks and that kind of thing. Um, there's a company called brute force. That's who I used to work for in Colorado. They make a brute ball. Mm. So I had those in hundred pounds, 125 pounds, 150 pounds and 300 pound weights. So if you want some fun, you know, <laughs> one day I decided, you know what, I want to see how many times I can consecutively flip the 500 pound tire at the end of my leg day workout. Oof. And yeah. that number was 40. Wow, and then shit. I laid on the ground <laughs> on the pavement and I couldn't get off the ground for about 15 minutes. You know what I needed? I needed some of this. You needed a little, little motivation. That, like, there with you a go. long, right. crazy straw that went around in my mouth and I could have just drank that. I just have them replaced all day and I would have stayed there for an hour and I've been golden. But, you know, so it's, People it's forget always how good beer is for workouts. You know, yeah. it's it, I don't know what it is, man. This, so I live in central Illinois. So we have we have all the seasons out here, which suck. Um but summertime, it's it's like you get done mowing the lawn. There's nothing better than a beer, and you get done with an ass kicking workout. There's nothing better than a nice cold beer, man. <laughs> That's right. So it's 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 the best of both worlds. So for sure. uh, Justin, uh, Mark talked a little bit about uh, training groups. Uh, what are some of the challenges you experience when you're training large groups or just groups in general? Yeah, we do a lot of that with Earn Your Booze, and I think probably the biggest challenge is we don't just want to be a uh, another fitness. Uh, group workout. We, we have a very unique company, right? We talk and fully acknowledge that people do like to drink. So our challenge that we that we embrace is really we make our workouts, uh, we like to say they're dripping with booze, right? So our <laughs> trainers essentially are, uh, we get some top of the line trainers. We have, we have people from F45, from Orange Theory, from, you know, all over the place that are, you know, very versed in doing that. Mm. And our challenge then is to get them to really get on board with like our liquor sponsors, for example, for the day and, you know, rename everything to have something to do with booze. Mm. Um, we do, we do ask them to have occasionally um, like a shot or a couple drinks on stage, you know, we, so we put on like a show. <laughs> um, and so we don't let the people in the audience that are doing that. We don't let them do that. But so we're kind of like, um, you know, like a professional, workout like you're gonna get your butt kicked it's it's a great workout for sure mm -hmm. but it's also entertaining it's a show it's really different right so that's our challenge there is to really show um you know put on a show and also not come across as gimmicky right so yeah, yeah. Um, i think i think we finally become uh really good at that we have some great people in our team our director of fitness uh he, he just he totally gets it so we have a lot of fun with that and we get a lot of feedback we're like oh my god i can't believe i made it through that workout oh but you know uh these cocktails that were available afterwards just kind of made my day kind of like Mark said, you know, so it all comes together. Where have you been all my life? That sounds like, that sounds like an awesome place to work, bro. It's a great time, man. We, uh, 
We have, yeah, we'll be traveling a lot. We've, uh, we've gone out. I, I'm in Phoenix and we've traveled out to uh, Denver and Miami, um, a couple other little spots. Um, this year we were supposed to do New York, Miami, New Orleans, Mexico, Chicago. And um, all, so far, all of that has kind of been put on the shelf, obviously. So, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll come up to your neck of the woods here before too long. Well, I will pay attention when you are and I'll make the drive. I'm about two and a half hours from uh, Chicago. So, wouldn't be a okay, bad commute cool. at all. Or maybe I should right. uh, maybe I should take the train up and then I don't have to worry about driving back home afterwards. <laughs> now you got it. I know. it. That's exactly right. That was that was that a fun part about living back Uber. east. Yeah, right? Everything was right there. Yeah, man. And you just take the train, take the Metro North, I go to New York, go to City, drink as much as I want, hang out, take the train back to Connecticut, call it a day. Nice. Uh so Justin. We talked a little bit about uh, combat training earlier, Mark and I. Um, how much of that is incorporated into what you do? Um, recently, uh, not very much, but uh, throughout my uh, Navy career and uh, for many years afterwards, boxing was my thing, especially this heavy bag on my own. I would, especially on like a, an upper body day, I would love to just go, like he did the 40 tire flips and mm. couldn't move. I love to just wear myself out on that heavy bag, you know, just... You know, even when it comes down to it, almost just kind of like, uh, you know, doing like an ab flex with your arms down at your waist almost. It's com- I love to completely wear out on the bag. I love it. <laughs> um, for, for, for me, there's nothing uh, that really gets, uh, you know, aggression or just really gets me past that physical point of what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, I just love, I love boxing. I, I just love that. So um, I have yet to get into uh, like grappling or jujitsu or anything like that. So. Um, that's probably next on my list. Um, from what I understand, I'm going to get addicted and probably turn into nothing but a jujitsu guy. So I'm kind of avoiding it a little bit. Nah, you'll still stick to it. I, my, my, uh, background when I was a kid, I was into boxing too. And, uh, like you, man, it's just something about that primal violence of Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're having a bad day and you just unass everything that you've been carrying for that day or whatever's weighing on you. And you just put it in that bag, dude. It's, I, I feel you there. I'm the oldest, um, I'm the oldest white belt in my jujitsu class. And, um, so far I'm really good at tapping and napping. Um, <laughs> I've got that down. It's like, you know, I, I get my ass kicked by 16 year old kids that are a buck 50 and I'm, you know, two twenty. <laughs> awesome. but I, you know, I'm also part of the cool thing about being old is I don't give a fuck anymore. So I like my nice, ego right? left me a long time ago. So it's, it's cool, man. I love learning new stuff and it's, you know, it, it, and it's a cool concept. You think about it and, you know, we all have things that we're good at, but, mm. you know, everybody goes into jujitsu and because they watch UFC, they think they know how to do it. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it's, um, you, you wouldn't walk on the court with, uh, with MJ and think that you're going to take him in basketball. And there's, there's no reason to think you should step on the mat and think that you're going to do well. It's, mm. it's, it's a big, long learning experience. That's why it takes 10 years to get a black belt in jujitsu. There's a lot to learn. You, did you guys know that uh, just since we're, I mean, talking about jujitsu a lot and, uh, you know, you, met, you uh, Mark, you mentioned that, you know, you're the oldest white belt. Uh, yeah. Ed O'Neill from uh, Married with Children, uh, Al Bundy, he's a black mm-hmm. belt. He's a Gracie jujitsu black belt. He's a Gracie black belt. Yep. Really? So that was, legit, that was one of those things where it's like you see him and you're like, oh, shit. Like he's really, you know, a, a Gracie black belt, when it was just like one of yeah. the most prestigious black belts you could ever get. Talk uh, about badass actors, dude. Look at yeah. Keanu Reeves, right? Oh Keanu's man, got, yeah. 
He's got legit shooting skills. He's got legit jujitsu. He's uh, he's all around. And and from all I've never met the guy. I would love to because you know every, everybody I've talked to that's met him, they said he's just the coolest dude out there. Real down to earth, just super nice guy. Loves guns and he's Canadian. <laughs> hey. Go figure. Exactly, right? I didn't know. Listen, there's a lot of actors I didn't know were Canadian until I moved to Arizona. I don't know what it is about Arizona and Canadians, but it, they bring a lot of information to light. So, <laughs> and when they and when they do something wrong, they say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, we talked a lot about uh, drinking and working out. Um, Mark, you mentioned that you know for a long time you kind of shied away from the booze because you were focused on your your you know being pure, quote unquote. Um, I'm not gonna lie. When I first started P90X, that was kind of like my mentality. Um, there was a bit of a I don't want to say shame, but it was almost like you know what I can't let my P90X friends know that I'm drinking beer, or you know I can't let my P90X friends know I got <laughs> I got wasted the other night and fucking passed out, you know. So yeah. With people going into now, going into fitness and going into uh, the summer bodies, assuming things open up, um, what would be your best tips for for balancing the two? I know moderation seems like a cliche thing, but you know how would you how would you give that feedback? Well, so oh, the support. first thing I the first thing I'd ask them would be ultimately what is their goal? You know, you can get extremely fit and conditioned and have a shitty diet. I mean, look at Roy Nelson who's fought for years <laughs> in UFC, right? But you I, know, love, you, you I love how he's him, a poster child. <laughs> I love that. You look, yeah. you look at him and you're like, who is this fat fuck and what's he doing in the cage? And then you watch the dude fight for five fucking rounds and you're like, Holy shit. I mean, he's super conditioned, but he looks the way he does because of what he puts in his mouth. So if mm-hmm. you're after the aesthetic and you want to have a six pack and be ripped, the, the honest truth is you've got to lower your carbs, increase your protein and keep your fat moderate. And you've got to stick to that. So like I'm a big macro guy. I'm not into the percentages when I wanted to cut weight. You know, when I shot 22, I was walking around at 230. Tony called me and said, hey, dude, if you want a shot at being in this, you've got to be fit and you're going to actually have to audition for it. Mm. and to me i know being fit means i needed to cut weight i said what number do you want me at he said it's not about that he said i you need to be like navy seal fit Mm. so i switched up what i was doing i cut out the booze completely and i went from 230 to 192 pounds in three months Mm -hmm. just by cleaning up my diet and changing my workouts i went back to more body weight stuff lightweights high reps kind of what i'm doing now but um you know now i'm 220 and i'm not going under that because I just, I'm happy where I am. I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit what people think about it. And <laughs> if I've got a little bit of um, cushion in the middle, then that's, so be it. you know, I've, I, but I've earned it. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it really depends on the individual. I don't, I don't sugarcoat things. I'm a, I'm a nutritionist as, as well as a trainer. So I know exactly what to do to get people where they want to go, but they have to be willing to commit to it. And quite honestly, summertime is hard for a lot of people to do it, you know, Anything you want, you're going to do. If you put your mind to it and you're committed to it, you're going to make it happen. Yeah. If you do things half-ass, you're going to get half-ass results. And it doesn't matter what it is in life, whether it's your fitness, whether it's your business, whether it's your relationships, it's all tied into the same kind of mindset. Mm. So that's that's all where it starts. Anybody that I talk to that wants me to train them, I get a very clear understanding and help them get a very clear understanding of what their goals are. And then from there, I connect them with a training modality and nutritional plan that's going to bring them to their goal. Mm. And that's really it. I mean, that's kind of an oversimplification because it's it's work. But you you know you're not going to get anything without putting in the work. Oh yeah, Justin, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, you know, right now I would say everybody after this COVID thing feels like probably a little less great than they want to, right? Everyone feels a little bit shittier because most people have been forced to stay home or their routines have been upended or whatever, right? So a lot of people have chosen to stay home and just drink, drink their faces off a lot extra, right? So I think coming out of this, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, most people, I would say. Honesty. So I would say everyone coming out of this, they feel like shit because they haven't been able to earn it. They've been forced to stay home. Their gyms are closed and they've been kind of in maybe in this kind of depressed state, you know, with the state of the world and everything. So, you know, I think coming out of this, I want people to like, our goal here, you know, with us is to really let people like acknowledge like why they feel like this. Cause you've not been moving. You haven't been taking care of your body. You haven't been hydrating. You haven't been doing a ton of different things. Possibly probably haven't been eating the right way. And um, you know, one of the things that we we're actually starting in July is, is teaching people like, what does it really mean to earn your booze? And I'll tell you quickly in a nutshell, if you imagine like a beer glass and if you, if it's all the way full, that, that, that glass is your body. If it's all the way full, that is your body's completely full of toxins. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's all the things you're not supposed to put in your body. Let's just say all the fun stuff, right? The booze, the, the donuts, the pizza, the cookies, the uh, maybe the shitty meat from the store, everything that has all the hormones, all the junk that's out there, right? Mm -hmm. So what we, what we want people to do is one, move so you can detox and keep your blood flowing. There's a lot of different reasons to move. Eat the right way and reduce that toxicity level in the glass. So when you do decide to grab your IPA, or you get going, you smash a pizza on a Friday or whatever, you have that room in that glass to, to fill up a little bit with the, with the fun stuff. So mm. that's what we really want people. And like, to me, that's what balance means. It's, uh, you know, figuring it's not going overboard because nobody wants an overflow overflowing glass of, of even if it's good beer, cause it's just getting wasted. Right. Yeah. So we want people to find the right, uh, like Mark said, the right, the right way for them to achieve their goals, whatever that is and figure out how we can uh, reduce other things in their lives so they can still have fun and fill it up with, with booze and all the fun food. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I like that I, analogy. I, I, I definitely do too. I mean, it's one of the things where, you know, you, you, you have these conversations where, um, and I'm pretty sure we've all had uh, people come to us and say, Hey, how do I work out? How do I get fit? What do I have to do? What do I have to change eating? And the first thing you do, you tell them, eat more vegetables, do this, do that, or whatever it is. And immediately they respond yeah. with, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Um, but it, it's – it's. I, I think uh, if I'm looking back at my beginning stages of fitness, it's like stop, stop trying to restrict so much and just try to actually recognize what you're taking in. I think that's mm -hmm. that's where a lot of my change came from, where I said – you know, do I really need to eat this or can I eat this? Do I really want this or do I want that? Or, you know, sometimes I say, hey, listen, I'm going to have a few beers tonight. So I'm going to, you know, change my change my diet up for today a little bit and focus more on the beers, you know. Right. And yep. and it's it's that self-awareness. I guess that's the best way to put it. That makes a huge difference as to how you make a change. Um, so that was me personally. I don't know if that's something as Mark, as you, you nutritionist and Justin in your background, I don't know if that that's exactly on par, but that's how I saw things. And that's what, you know, helped me make my changes. I, th I think where a lot of people fail and I see this a lot is they'll connect with the trainer. You know, you may have somebody that hasn't worked out seriously in a year or longer mm. and their diet is complete shit. 
and you say, okay, well, now you're going to eat 100% clean and you're going to work out every day, <laughs> they're not going to stick with it because, first of all, they're going to be no. sore as shit. And when you try and cut all that food out that they're used to having, all that comfort food, they have a hard time with that. The other thing that a lot of people don't look at in this is the psychological side of why is it that they're eating all that shit to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you've got to kind of get to the root of that issue as well. But anytime I put somebody, you know, I'm always trying to be realistic with people. If somebody has a hundred pounds to lose, we're looking at a year or more to accomplish that. Mm. Um, these crash diets where people are losing 50 pounds in a month and that kind of thing and eating a thousand calories of liquid a day, it's fucking bullshit because you're not going to be able to <laughs> stick with it for starters, right? It's going to be miserable. You're going to, your life is going to suck if you manage to get through that for a year. So I kind of look at what the biggest triggers are, what their biggest love for their bad foods are, and I let them keep them for a little bit. And we kind of wean some other things out in the background and we get their body moving, mm. right? So as they start <clears throat> to progress and they start to see results, and maybe they're seeing two, three pounds a week coming off the scale. Now they're motivated to move forward a little bit at a time. And it's kind of baby stepping with things. You know, I tell people, you didn't get out of shape. You didn't go, you didn't become a hundred pounds overweight overnight. And you're not going to become fit overnight. Mm. You know, you work out for two weeks and you don't see the instant gratification. That's life, bro. You know, you got yourself here. It's up to you to get it out. You're the one that's got to do the work. Mm -hmm. But it's giving it to them in bite-sized pieces so that they can be successful and reinforcing the victories and also putting your foot in the ass when when they're when they need it. You know, you've gotta you've gotta have people be accountable and you have to get that permission to keep them accountable. And I mean, I'm not a drill sergeant when it comes to dealing with people, <laughs> but I want to know what's behind the scenes that makes them tick. So when they decide they want to quit or they decide they want to say, fuck it. And we all have those days where you're like, I'm just going to drink all day. Fuck it. You know, you've got to understand that that's part of the process and you have to allow that if they're going on for two, three days doing that, then, then you got to intervene with them. But um, making things attainable, but challenging is, is what will bring people to success. Agree. And I've been in leadership and management for about 20 years now. And I can tell you that all of that has transitioned into my day-to-day -day conversations with my employees. And that's, that's something good. that, you know, you have to be able to say, okay, what's going to be something you can manage and what's something you can actually get to, you know, what are some actual goals? You know, they call it smart goals, right? Uh, right. But it's, it's right. It's real. You know, smart goals are something that you have to think about. Yeah. You want this, you know, quote unquote body or whatever it is, but is that something you're going to get this year, this time? And I like the way you said that. You said, you know, I'm going to be real with you. You're not going to get that by July 1st. <laughs> it's not right. going to happen. You're going to Miami. Right. You're going to Miami in August. Sorry, bro. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But let's be real about what can happen. Well, instead of saying we've got 100 pounds to lose, let's say we're going to lose 15 pounds this first month. Mm -hmm. And that's an attainable goal. That's a realistic goal. It's still going to be a challenge. But you also have to be willing to reassess your goals and if you're achieving them too fast and you need to set a little bit higher bar, but if you're having a really hard time and you're not getting quite where you want to be, then you need to reassess that too. It's okay to regress and progress. You've just got to keep things in check and you have to keep it real. So Mark, I'm going to change speeds for a little bit. Mark and Justin, sure. you both said you guys were, uh, well, Mark, I know you did the, uh, the heavy workouts where you were doing the, the heavy lifting, the super, you know, and then you kind of said, you know, you change your mindset and you did this and you posted this picture on Facebook where it was like, this is me a year ago. This is me now. Yeah. Where for you, oh, sorry, Justin, Justin, where for you, did you go from a gym bro to hey, listen, this is what functional or actual fitness looks like? Huh? Um, I don't know if there's one defining moment, but I know it. 
it kind of started in my head when I dislocated my shoulder doing a uh, behind the neck shoulder press. Mm. Um, yeah. It was a, a new day, Ooh. new gym, new training. Yeah, new day, <laughs> new training partner, new gym, new everything. And this that was my push. Um, I was going to go on stage. I was I was competing at that time. I was mm. I think I was, I was 60. I was probably about 220 at the time. And I was, you know, I was going to do another. I think I was like, I don't know, nine months out and I was going to do my first show. The very first freaking day, blew my shoulder out. It got stuck in my chest. Had to go. It was just ridiculous. So, at that, that was like the first wake up call because I was like, "All right, what am I really doing? Do I need to be really, you know, bend over rowing 350 pounds? Do I need to be doing these things that I to this day are killing my back? Like, Mm -hmm. why am I doing this? Like, I really don't want to be a bodybuilder. I don't want to be on stage." you know, I d- didn't have aspirations to be a strong man. So I was like, all right, what else can I do here that it's like not just going to keep keep beating me to hell? Even though I was in my 20s, I was just getting injured all the time, you know? Mm. Um, and so I think uh, what really kind of finally made me switch um, that whole mindset was even in the, in the past couple of years um, was I just want to be more functional. You know, mm-hmm. I've got, I got a little baby girl. Um, like Mark said, I want to be able to uh, – to do things that um, other people can't do so I can help other people. If I need to carry a body for a long period of time, if I need to lift some heavy shit to get it out of the way, mm-hmm. like I just, um, I want to be able to help people and like be, be more available to do things uh, that need to be done like that. And I feel like when I was training before just to very strictly lift a heavy deadlift or those movements weren't, really doing that for me yeah so now i've been doing uh i just started even just a few months ago i started doing crossfit and just those workouts where there's a strength workout combined with a wad that has like a hit and some more strength that combined with a couple days of like actual hit workouts and still some like regular weight training Mm -hmm. i I feel like a whole new animal like even just like picking up my little daughter now i'm like oh i feel like i'm gonna toss her through the ceiling on accident (laughs) where before i was still very careful lifting with my legs, you know, and um, it, it, it's just interesting. So I guess once I finally felt that functionality really hit, mm-hmm. um, like the other day, I just dug trenches and, and uh, holes in my backyard after, after you know, six days in a row of, of really strenuous workouts. And I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. And a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, my fucking back, you know, and all this. So um, I'm just addicted to it now. And I frankly, um, I like what Mark said earlier. He's old enough where he doesn't give a shit what people think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm at this stage where I don't give a shit what weight I'm lifting. Like if mm-hmm. I know that I'm, I want to get certain reps, I don't care if I'm doing the same weight as mm-hmm. a lady in the gym or th- I, I do not care whatsoever. All I care about is what I feel in my body and where I'm going with my, with my goals. And that is, that is it. Nothing else factors in. I have no ego anymore. And um, since I've had that, I've less injuries. I'm actually stronger. I'm in the best shape of my life now, the way I can actually move and look. And it's like, oh, well, what the hell? I was trying so hard to, you know, <laughs> look a certain way and lift a certain way before. And it, it wasn't getting me where I want. Now that I don't give a shit, I look better than ever. Like, it's crazy. So what's funny about that is that when I when I first started, now I'm, I'm going to take a moment to just reflect on my journey. Um, I started where I had zero muscle whatsoever, right? I've never been a physical workout kind of guy. I've never done any real workouts. Um, and then I think I hit like 27-ish, 28, I want to say. 
And I said, damn, you know, my kids are, my kids are here. I want to be able to stay fit for them. I want to be able to grow with them. Uh, I need to start working out. Then I got into P90X. I'll be honest, full disclosure, could not do a push-up, could not do a pull-up. I was the worst shape ever. And, you know, I, I got physically comfortable where I was. And, you know, that's about the time when I met Mark about a couple of years later. Um, you know, you know, I, I was happy with my physical appearance. I was happy with what I could do. Uh, I was doing crazy fucking pull-ups at one point where, you know, those lever pull-ups I still can't do. Yeah. I can't stand those goddamn things. Um, <laughs> uh, damn you, Tony Horton for that shit. But, uh, you know, I was, I was trying, I was attempting that. Right. And then I would, I would always post my workouts and people go, Oh, you're not working out. You're not working out because you're not getting big. You're not getting big. And I'm like, well, I got big and I don't, I, I don't want to be big anymore. But then I did want to get big. So I went to that route where I started lifting heavy. I started, you know, doing the benching. I started doing the squats, the heavy squats. I started doing the heavy deadlifts and, you know, all those other things in between. And it felt great to do that because, you know, shit, I'm over here, you know, chest pressing 95 pound dumbbells, one hand each, you know, no problem. But, you know, walking up the stairs, I'm winded. <laughs> you know, I get to my bed and my girlfriend's like, why are you breathing so hard? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I just came from downstairs. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And my my clothes wouldn't fit the same. I couldn't buy I couldn't buy clothes. I couldn't go to the store and buy just regular clothes anymore. I'm looking at, you know, like what can I wear? What can I wear? And I was like, shit, I, I didn't used to be this way, but this if this is the price of what I have to pay, then I want to go back to what I was somewhat. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, the past couple of years I've been I've been pushing at it and I'm going to that goal. And this whole COVID situation hit and me working from home has actually motivated me to do it more because I'm so used to home workouts. I'm so used to my original P90X setups and everything else that, you know, I have a nice space in my garage now and now I'm, I'm attaining those goals. I'm reaching towards those goals. Um, so, you know, it, it's, that was for me, my turning point, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That was yeah. for me, my, Hey, you know what? You're a big fucking guy, but you know, are you happy where you're at? And I'm like, nah, man, I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm not comfortable. I can, yeah, I can lift heavy shit, but I'm over that. I did it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so that was my, that was my like, you know what? I got to get back to my pushups. I got to get back to my, my pull-ups. I got to get back to my, my cardio. I got to get back to my squats and my squat jumps and all that shit. You know, that's what I need to start doing again, because that's what I want to be at. I want to be functional. Yep. Speaking of those, I did uh, a few weeks ago, I did four ball pushups with a 55 pound sandbag on my back. I saw that. That was fun. I hate you yeah. for doing that because then now I got to do it again. <laughs> so I have videos of me doing four. So Justin, for, for I don't think you know what a four ball, I mean, you might, but a four ball pushup is where every part of your body, arms and feet are on medicine balls and you're doing pushups. Oh, and nice. so again, goddamn Tony Horton did that. And of not course, with a sandbag though. Not with a sandbag, but he, he introduced me to it. Because yeah. of his workouts, and I'm like, well, this is, you know, I'm going to sound like a jerk, but if this guy his age can do it, I can certainly do it. <laughs> and, of course, I couldn't. I busted my ass in my face a few yeah. times. But, mm -hmm. you know, now, you know, the fact that you brought it back, I'm like, God damn it. I have a, I have a medicine ball. I have a basketball. I have this. I, could, I can work something. I can maneuver it and make it happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's that it's that that, you know, look what I can do mentality that I like to I like to have versus, 
you know, with, when it comes to shit like that versus the, uh, hey, I just squatted 450 pounds, yeah. but I, I can't make it up my stairs. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, I'm winded. I like, to call those, I like to call those things stupid human tricks. Yes. It's, it, it's like it, it inspires people to do it. You know, the other thing I use a ton is a BOSU because it's great for balance. I'll do single leg stuff on a BOSU with mm-hmm. weights. And again, not heavyweights, but it, it's, man, it's challenging. It's just fun. And that's the cool thing that I've seen through all the years of training and fitness is no matter what my goal has become, mm-hmm. I've figured out a training modality and nutritional plan that's taken me to that goal. And then when it changes, I go to something else and I go to something else and I go to something else. The body is one of the most adaptable things on the planet. And far too many people feel like they're stuck. Well, I'm here. I can't do anything. As long as you've got a beating heart in your chest and breath in your lungs, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yep. Get, get get over the defeatist mindset and get your fucking ass busy. Mm-hmm. That's 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 how my role. That's the that's the mindset that I try to instill in people is you can you can do anything until you're in that box in the ground. You can do something to change your life for the better. You've just got to decide what it is and commit to it and do it. We all have the same hours in the day. You know, you talked about the COVID thing and things changing. And, you know, the biggest thing I excuse I would get from people is, oh, Mark, I don't have time to work out. And then once they're home, oh, well, you know, I have time now, but it's just an excuse. <laughs> out, you know, cut, cut the shit. If I love that. Do it, you're going to do it. I love that. We all have the same time. If it's important enough to you, you're going to fit it in your day, no matter what your schedule is. We're all home stuck. What are you going to do now? Right. And you know what's crazy is that right. I, 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 uh, I used to, well, I still do, but I used to wake up at like four in the morning to get my shit ready, you know, get myself ready to go. I'm like, hey, listen, I can't work out in the afternoon because I'm tired from work. Then I got to come home, take care of my kids, everything else. So really my only time available to me is like five in the morning. So I have to wake up at 4 a.m., get my shit together and do what I got to do. And that's really, you know, back to your point, if you really want to make it happen, you'll find time to make it happen. Yep. Yep. And we all need to find mentors. You're going to need, you know, I always recommend a business mentor and a fitness mentor and, and for that matter, a spiritual mentor, Mm -hmm. because all of those things are tied in. You know, if you're, if you're, personal life isn't good or your relationship isn't good it's going to impact every other aspect of your life so mm-hmm. um always striving to do better you know i i still listen i still do uh personal development on a daily basis i do audiobooks mm. all the time I'm, i've got a 12 and a half hour drive down to south carolina on monday and i've got like six books that i downloaded on through audible on my phone to listen to on the way just because i'm excited I am excited. It's 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 yeah. pretty. I'm excited to get the hell out of Illinois for starters. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it, it's a it's a great time. I love going on road trips because I get to put good things into my brain instead of being bombarded with the stuff on the news and the death rates and all the other horse shit that they have to say. It's you know good things. Yeah. Good things go in. Good things come out. And when they don't, that's why we need exercise. It's mo- it's it's so important, and I try and stress that to people. If you're stressed out, get in and work out for 25 minutes, 20, mm. 25 minutes. Your body's going to produce norepinephrine, dopamine, and serotonin, which are feel-good chemicals. They literally enhance your mood mm-hmm. and will make you feel better, and it will make all the garbage go away for at least a little while, at least mm-hmm. a couple hours. Right. So you know what? To it. As we're talking, I totally remembered that rig you have in your backyard. Which I'm extremely, yeah. I'm extremely jealous of. The Castro rig, yeah. bro. It's like the coolest. Uh, Justin, if you've never seen it, it's the coolest fucking thing to have in your house. Yeah, it's a road Castro rig. 
rogue uh, Castro rig. I've got a I've got a buddy that uh, works concrete that that poured the footings for it, and I actually cemented this thing in and built it in my backyard about eight nine years ago now. So it's got a climbing rope and all kinds of different pull up stations. I've got a dip bar for it. That's and awesome. uh, once I'm able to get people back more regularly, and the Illinois weather regulates a little bit, <laughs> I'll I'll be in the background for the uh, for the playground beatdown of the day. We haven't done that for a while. We're overdue for it. So nothing like some yeah, fun rope climbs. Awesome. Yeah. You know what? That's the one thing that I have yet to accomplish uh, physical, really? like fitness wise, is climbing yeah. a rope. It's all legs, man. 80% legs. You learn how to do a J hook and, and lock your feet in and, and you'll be great. I, I tore the Terry's major and lat tendons off of my um, left arm in 2015. Mm. Tore them off at the same time, mind you. Oof. Um Oof. My surgeon at the time had found five other cases that had been repaired in the United States. So he was kind of geeked out when we did the surgery to, to put stuff back on. But, you know, it's, it's been a challenge. I still have trouble doing, you know, I did the Murph uh, a couple weeks ago and I had to modify it. I had to switch to pull downs just because certain hand positions over my head feels like I'm going to tear those things Ooh. off again. Mm. And, uh, you know, but here's the other thing. I could sit and sulk and say, oh, fucking woe is me. But that's not who I am and that's not who I wired. I'm, I'll find a way to work around it and I'll do what I can do and focus mm. on those things and not the things that I can't do. And, you know, it's just it's just fun. But that Castro rig. That, that's time. that's a good point. That's one of the things uh, you mentioned. And, and, and uh, Justin, I don't know how often you say this, but listening to your body is something that you have to do. And mm -hmm. it's not listening to your mind. Your mind will tell you to be lazy. Your mind will tell you to not do your workout or whatever it is. But your body is something different. So, for example, this morning, I, I wanted to work out, but I could feel like my lats and my, my lower back. I can feel it getting tight. And I was like, oh, if I do something, I know for a fact it's going to cause a problem. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to stick to the jump rope. I'm going to take the jump rope, keep it simple, just get the blood flowing, get the, you know, get the body moving, and just do that. That was simply it. Nothing extra, nothing more, just that. And I felt good afterwards, yep. you know. Yep. Um, so, Justin, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Like, how often do you have to tell somebody, hey, it's okay to take it, take it, take a step back, but not stop? Well, that, that's the whole thing is, is not stopping. I personally modify all the time. Like the other day we were supposed to do uh, a combination front squat and then go right to back squat. Shoulder was not feeling it on the front. And uh, my right wrist did not want to, it was just wasn't feeling it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do double back squats and then my regular back squats. Mm. You know, so I, I probably worked even harder than I would have if I had done the front squat. But um, that's the whole thing is you have to keep going. And um, you, I mean, you probably said it perfectly. It's, it's not okay to just say, oh, you know, I'm sore. Fuck it. I'm going to go drink, do whatever. You still got to work. You still have to move. You still have to improve every day, mm -hmm. you know, business, body, whatever. It, every day, we only get one day. And like Mark said earlier, you have no idea what's happening tomorrow. So to me, like, yeah, modify if you need to, um, change up what you're, what you're quote unquote supposed to do, but keep going. You have to always find ways to improve and, uh, and always get better. I mean, like all the time. And that's one of our challenges that we find when we work with people that maybe are like bartenders or people that are brewers, people that are in hospitality, that are very late night workers, surrounded by drinks, surrounded by the shitty food choices at night. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to just kind of say, yeah, fuck it, you know, it's whatever. You know, well, no, you can't have that mentality. And like you guys mentioned the Murph, like 
Yeah, the Murph sucks big time. But the whole reason <laughs> we do the Murph is to honor guys that go go through that today. There's guys out there in a, in the military on Monday when we're doing Murph on Monday that are out there for real getting shot up, you know, and having a really bad day. So it doesn't matter how much something hurts sometimes. Let's talk about the Murph right now. Um, if you got to modify it, that's great, but get through it. And you're going to feel like not just the physical win, but that mental win that you get when you, when you do, even if you change it up and modify it, when you do get that win, getting through that shitty situation. I mean, to me, that's what, what's make, what makes it all worth it. You know, embracing the suck. Yeah, that's right. I'll be honest. Yeah. When it comes to the Murph, the one thing that scares the hell out of me is the run. Hmm. That's the one thing that everything else I know I'm going to bust my ass doing and I'm going to struggle. But the run is the one thing that scares me every single time. And it, it's a bit full transparency is it's the one reason why I haven't done it. But now talking to you guys, I, I, I really want to get it done. I really want to do it. Well, full transparency, my right knee is garbage. So I did mm -hmm. the miles on an AMT pre-core elliptical. So it adapts automatically. It's adaptive motion trainer. So what I put into oh, it, nice. you can do a full stride up to a, up to a sprint. Mm. I did the first awesome. mile. And, and it's not like most ellipticals. Like you get on an elliptical and you can do a four-minute mile. It, mm. it was like a 10-minute mile. And I'm like, this is what I have to do because I know full well when I run, I can't walk for two days afterwards. Mm -hmm. Wow. So – that's yep. literally what I had to do. I took the I took the path that I was still performing. I was still working. It took me right at an hour to do it, and I was happy with that. And then I see, you know, That's a couple awesome. days ago, Eddie Gallagher did it in thirty-one minutes. <laughs> like, damn, that dude's a stud. <laughs> but I'm okay because that's my reality. I think. Yeah. I think if people try, if you try and compare yourself with other people, right? You know, it doesn't do you any good. If you look at things like if you know if if you're scared of running, why is it that you're scared to run? What is it about running that scares you? Just that you don't do it? I just hate it. That's simply put. I, that's then, don't, then, then don't do it. Yeah. Find, find an alternative. Whether it's get on a rower and row for, you know, decide how many meters you're going to go that would translate mm -hmm. out to a mile. Get on a rower and do that instead. You're still working. You're still putting in the work and busting your ass. And what's funny yeah, is the that... First time I, go ahead, go ahead. First time I did, Murph, um, I had never stepped foot in a CrossFit gym. I had not been running for a long time. I was, you know, just bare, barely doing like bicep curls and chest in the gym for a while. I was not, I had not, I was not in very good shape at the time. So I did a half Murph. Um, and you know, it, you know, you got some stink eyes and you got some looks for only doing half, but it still completely kicked my ass. Mm -hmm. Um, but it still felt great to get through it. And then you get to see, um, like I, I totally agree. I don't like to compare, uh, my physical abilities or anyone's physical abilities to anybody else. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Everyone's at a different level. You never know what kind of injury someone's working with. You never know what someone's going through. Mm -hmm. But me, that first time getting through that half Murph, um, motivated the hell out of myself to then the next time do the full Murph. Mm. You know, so, I mean, you just start somewhere. And, um, you know, you can eat a whole elephant, but you, you have to do it one bite at a time. You know, <laughs> you, don't, you can't just shove the whole thing in there. So um, even if I would say, you know, suggest, Joe, if you're interested in, like, getting through and doing the Murph for the first time, maybe even consider a half Murph. Because at least you're out there, you're doing it, you're with that like-minded people. Um, you're going to hear the intention of the workout before you start it, why we're even doing it. And you'll probably surprise yourself. You, you'll be going through and you'll be like, I don't want to fucking stop yet. I want to keep going, you know? Um, and, you you know, especially if you can find yourself in that 
that quote unquote runner's high, even if you're on the rower or something like it becomes addictive um, when you're around everybody. Mm. And when you, for me, especially being a Navy guy, thinking about the whole intention of the workout, mm. like, you know, so anyways, you just got to start somewhere. So no, no. Uh, what do you want to do with me, man, come up to power in motion on Monday with me. Let's go. I'm down. Uh, I'll awesome. let you, I want to, I want to commit, but I still have to work. <laughs> so let me, let me, uh, let me get the, the, the planning down and what day to get it done. Awesome. I'll give All you right, one sure. more quick Murph story. Um, three years ago, two years ago, I've got a guy that trains with me that's six, five, he's 330 pounds. Hasn't, hasn't run in years. Um, he came with his wife. We had people of all different fitness levels. Um, I think actually that one, we had a, a former Bellator belt holder that, that showed up No shit. and we decided we're going to do this as a team. We're going to do this as an entire group. So we don't move any faster than the slowest person does. Mm. So we broke down into groups. We cheered each other on. The big dude was doing a uh, quarter to half range of motion push-ups, had him on resistance bands, doing pull-downs, and we walked we walked the miles together. We carried an American flag. We did it together. Mm, we finished awesome. it together. And you want to talk about seeing somebody that was like brought to tears over the uh, yeah. ability to accomplish that, that never, ever would have done it by themselves, but because he had a team that was with him, and it, it didn't matter what the time was. We It was well over two hours for us to do the whole thing. It was also like 110 degrees without exaggeration when we did it. Mm. But that was just, it was the best Murph I had ever had in my life. Just for that reason, because everybody was together. Everybody, nobody cared. It was just about the group. We're going to start this together. We're going to finish this together. Awesome. And it was powerful, man. Oh, it's so powerful, man. That really is amazing. And you made that guy's, you didn't just make his day. You made, you might've made his life. You know, he might've been. He's been training ever since. Yeah, I mean, he was—he didn't just be get get that big that day, like you said. That was yeah. that was a lifetime of him, you know, knowing in his mind that he couldn't do a Murph in his mind, and the fact that you guys adapted, you know, with him and for him and got through it together. I mean, yeah, that probably changed his life. That's huge. Some days we're reaching the hand out to pick people up, and other days we're getting picked up, mm-hmm. and uh, right. you never know when the pendulum's going to swing the other way. So it's always about doing good things. Mark, That's can awesome. I can I say that this entire time we've been talking you've been dropping nothing but like verbal everything you've been saying <laughs> so far. Gold. exactly exactly <laughs> like t- earlier today you said um the the the, the you know the people in the, in, in the in the military and the people on armed forces in general you know they're the uh well, the tactical athletes that was like oh shit i would never put that together then you said something about primal anger or something primal uh Primal violence. Violence. There you go. Like, dude, you've been wordsmithing the entire fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, hmm, write that down. <laughs> he doesn't. Take he doesn't. He doesn't own forward, that. Man. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, no, it's all good stuff, man. No, most but of it, my stuff I got from somebody else, or I picked up along the way with, uh, you know, different things. It, it's, you know, some people get knowledge and they hoard it, and I think it's, if I if I can learn something or I can teach something that's gonna help another person. Mm. That's that's what it's all about. There's no better feeling. I mean, the reason that I coach and the reason I became a coach, the reason I still coach is I genuinely have a love for helping people, mm. whether it's a business thing or a mindset thing or a physical thing. It's just life is way too short, man. And we all need to spend more time looking out for other people. By the way, if you're having a shitty day, mm. it is impossible for you to stay focused on yourself if you put your focus on another person. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's so, a good one. 
I'm just gonna, all I got to say about I'm just going to call you randomly when I record. <laughs> so you can yeah. just drop little nuggets of knowledge like this yeah. in the pod. Like, this is all it is. This is just... So, Mark, what's today's uh, <laughs> phrase of the nugget, day? N- nugget <laughs> you know, you just, just drop it. Okay, thanks. Bye. No, man. <laughs> Joe, here's another one. What's that? Joe, here's another one. If you need to get your attitude uh, switched up, maybe you're in a grumpy mood or you're just feeling like an asshole towards everybody or whatever, send three text messages of appreciation to people that you might have like a beef with mm. or you might have yeah. like some unfinished business with or something. Um, maybe it's something deep. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, maybe it's a, a, you know, a daddy I haven't talked to in 10 years, or maybe it's a friend that you, uh, left on bad terms with or something, but send some sort of message of appreciation to them. And regardless of what their reply is just doing it, you're going to feel that switch in your head Mm -hmm. and it's going to carry forward to everything else you do too. And and I don't want to get, I love that. And I don't want to get too deep into what I'm about to say, but I do the same exact thing with politics. I tell somebody, talk about the person you're bad-mouthing. Give three good things about them. If you can't give three good things about them, then you have no positivity in your life. And all you're just pushing out is negative. So, again, I don't want to go too much into politics, but sure. no, that's, right. that's, that's, my, that's always been my, you know, okay, great. You don't like this person. Tell me good, three good things about them. And if you can't describe it, then, yeah, I won't even have a conversation with you. There's no point. Yeah. Neg- yeah, negativity breeds like cancer, man. Yeah. So it spreads like cancer. Justin, we talked about you incorporating some combat sports and you started off with boxing. When can we see you throwing some kicks at the heavy bag? Hmm. I mean, I, I like throwing <laughs> some kicks. Because <laughs> I've done it with Mark. We've we've yeah. I've done the sprawl punch kick, sprawl punch yeah. kick, which kicks your out. Uh, Dude, to this day, that workout it. just sixty seconds. Yeah. Oh, that, that was that's a good one that day. That sound, yeah, slamming your leg into that thing. I mean, this the sound. You know, it's different. It's a different impact than a fist. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels great. Um, yeah, I'm down, man. You want to hold a bag? Let's do it. Let's go, man. I'm down. I'm all. I hey, hold a pack. If I'm gonna do the Murph, you gotta do the kicks. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Deal. Sounds like a fair trade. <laughs> that's a, that's a good trade. I like it. You guys can. Uh, you guys can Google meet me in on that one. Oh, perfect. I'll cheer you on. There we go. I'm down for that too. Yeah. Um, so now that we're in the full swing of, watch well, this full swing, but we're kind of in the full swing of certain sports when it comes to MMA and boxing, let's just say for the past year, let's not include recently. Where are you guys at? Are you watching more? Where Justin specifically, are you focused on MMA at all? Or are you just circling with boxing or are you just, or is it not in your, you know, it's kind of weird. Sports, uh, professional sports have kind of left my my life uh, for the past probably two years. Okay. Um, frankly, just because I've been so busy with my business. Mm. Um, and I just, uh, you know, there's not enough time in the day for me to do the things that I need to do with my business and then my, my toddler and stuff. So I, um, if I was going to get back into it, which I do try, still try to keep track, MMA it is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, boxing, um, I like to personally do boxing. Whether I'm having a good or a bad day, I I just like the physical aspect. Uh, but keeping up with boxing um, hasn't really been my thing, unless it's something very interesting, like uh, you know when McGregor was fighting Mayweather or something like that. You know, definitely pay attention to. But MMA is definitely more my style. Um, trying to keep up with who's who and what's going on. Okay, 
Uh, that makes sense. I mean, I I, I personally am MMA all the way, although yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the the quote unquote politics that are happening nowadays uh, with a lot of the MMA that's happening. I don't know if Mark, you can agree with that, but um, yeah, I do. you know, Dana White has not been my top guy, but I still watch it anyway. Uh, so Mark, I know you're a big MMA guy, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask a stupid question. Sure. <laughs> MMA or <laughs> boxing? Yeah. MMA. I'm a, I'm an MMA junkie. I quit watching pro boxing a long time ago. Uh, and it's not that there's any, you know, I think they have an amazing skill set, but when you, when you look at all the tools that MMA incorporates, it's truly like chess with human pawns. Mm, um, yeah. They're always thinking two, three moves ahead. And I love the fact that you can be getting your ass kicked one second and a guy makes a mistake and next he's caught in a triangle and he's done. Mm, um, right. I mean, that's just, that's just real. And, and that's, that's where my passion is. That's actually the only pro sport that I watch. Uh, even when, you know, like I quit watching football when they did all the kneeling bullshit for the, for the national anthem because that means something different to me that you know being having been military grown up in a military family i've planted friends that came home under that flag so that has a whole different impact to me Mm -hmm. um and i won't get i won't go off on a tirade of what i think professional athletes should do i think everybody's allowed to speak their mind don't do it when you're on the job like any other thing um but mma is that that's kind of always been it for me. That's what I've watched. I quit watching baseball back when they went on strike back in the eighties because they wanted a trillion dollars a year instead of a billion. <laughs> um, so it that's you mean it, the Yankees? Man. Why you got what do you got against the Yankees being a mass hole? <laughs> I see. You, I see. You, I see how you. I see how you brought it full circle. The Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched an hour of football total last season. So you know, and if there's if it's on, I'll, I, I don't dislike football. I just, uh, I just, I'm not a huge football fan. Nice. If they were punching each other in the face and grappling to get the ball, and you know, arm barring somebody or putting them in an ankle lock there so they go. can get the football, then I'd be much more attentive. <laughs> I need Nolan Ryan to the, head, the headlock. Yeah, Joe, yeah. you're an MMA guy, yeah. Yeah, Although, I'm a huge MMA guy. Um, I'm one of those MMA guys that loves the sport so much that when, you know. Uh, I can see the neg- the the bullshit in the background. It pisses me off. And by bullshit, I mean like a lot of the Dana White stuff that he's pulling with, you know, oh this fighter because they make a lot of money, we're gonna put produce them or push them. Uh, this fighter, you know, is more popular. Than this fighter, so we're gonna make them shine more than the other one. I mean, you know, it, it's Amanda Nunes is a great example of that. And, you know, she's she's one of the best female fighters. She is the best female fighter, actually. I'm not saying one of the – she's the best female fighter in the world, but she won't get the same attention as Ronda Rousey does is because she doesn't perceive – produce that image. Um, and, you know, that's just some of the bullshit that I don't, I don't like, but it is what it is. You know, it's a private company. It's a private situation or whatever. It can't really – you know, I'm not for anybody getting involved with that, but that's just what it is. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of showmanship, you know. I, I now one fight I would watch, uh, you know, they're trying to put something together with Iron Mike and um, and and Holyfield. That and they're, they're both in their fifth. They're both in their fifties, and you know, I don't know if you follow Mike um, his page, but he posted something on his Instagram, and he is still mm-hmm. vicious, vicious. And I was like, okay, this this might be interesting, but they got to <laughs> find somebody to put him up against that's in the yeah. same age bracket. And then when they said Evander, I was like. All right. 
<laughs> I just hope it doesn't turn out like Chuck Liddell and Tito, you know? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, that, that was horrible. Um, although I, I do give Tito a lot of credit for as much as he's an asshole as he is, but he is a great fighter in general and coach. He is. I've, I liked both of them. I've, I've always liked Tito. Um, since, since his early days, I've always been a big fan of Tito's. And he's an extremely smart businessman on top of it. And if you've is, never if you've never listened to Mike Tyson's podcast, I strongly mm-hmm. recommend it. That man yeah. is extremely intelligent for not finishing high school or in general. Yeah. Like he just he's a very intelligent man. Like he talks, he speaks a lot of like you, he'll just he'll just wander into a conversation on his podcast, and it's like mm-hmm. listening to your uncle, your older uncle, whatever it is, and you're just like. Yeah, tell me more about that. Like, I want to hear more about what you just talked about because that's just interesting. So if you've never yeah. listened to Hot Boxing, which is pretty much his podcast where he smokes a shit ton of weed, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely recommend you guys listen to it. It's 100% right. one of my favorite podcasts of all time. And I don't listen to really – I don't listen to Joe Rogan because he's kind of started – He at first he was he was actually talking about some cool shit. Then he kind of shifted – um, I don't know if that's time or whatever, but Mike Tyson just randomly brings up like stuff that happened in the eighties and nineties and like just crazy nights cool. that he's had and you hear him and you just want to like keep listening to more of what he says because the shit that he talks about is just, you know, nobody else has lived that life. Yeah. But Mike Tyson. So you want yeah. to hear more about it. That's pretty rad, man. I will uh, definitely add that to my list. Uh, you know, Jocko Willings, one I follow. I do listen to Joe's Joe's podcast. Um, I watch a lot of them, too. He posts them all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he has some interesting topics on there. He used to, he used to, be, he used to be very uh, neutral. Then he's gotten so much as, oh, I'm going to stick to one side. And I'm going yeah. to be neutral. I'm going to be very, like, neutralish myself and say one side versus what it yeah. is. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he used to be very, like, hey, you're wrong. You're wrong. Like, you know, there's no one side. And then as time progressed, he's gotten he very actually, much. He actually talked about that in one of his podcasts. And oh, what yeah? he said was it used his mindset used to be, if you don't think like me, then fuck you. You're an idiot. Right. Mm. But now he's, as he's gotten older, you know, he's 53 and a, a lot of his mindset changed to people that have these really off the wall ideas. He truly wants to understand why they think that way. Mm. So instead of just waiting for his opportunity to talk, he shuts up and listens to people Mm. and he'll still pick people apart, but he's just a lot more calm and cerebral in the way that he does it now. Okay. So, but you know what? That's why there's so many podcasts because they're not for everybody. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm one of them. Find our favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people I've talked to that can't stand them. I don't. Um, it's not that I can't stand them. I still listen to him. And yeah. I, as far as you know, his commentary with the with the MMA and everything else, it's just that I, I tuned him out when it comes to his pod. But he's yeah. been very successful. Where Spotify has picked him up for what was it, a hundred million? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah. He's doing the right things. Hashtag goals. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Put it on your yeah. list. And then find a then find a podcast mentor that can help you roll that way. Hell yeah, man. But, All right, guys. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, we got close to about an hour and 20 minutes, uh, give or take. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts, Mark? Any final words? Anything you want to share? Yeah. For your, for your people that are at home and wanting to do something but they're not sure where to start, come up with a goal. 
and then do some research, lock it in, write those goals down because there's something magical that happens when you put pen to paper and make it real. Tell the people around you that love you and care about you what your goals are and ask them to hold you accountable. Because when you have people that do that in your life, no matter what it is, no matter if it's business relationships or fitness, you're going to be far more successful when you have people saying, hey, did you do this today? Did you do this today? And they're generally coming at you from a caring and loving perspective and they want to see you succeed. That's it. All right, Dustin, you got to follow that up. What do you got? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, uh, earn your booze. Have a nice day. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> uh, but no, Mark. Uh, Mark is a real pleasure uh, speaking with you, man, and hearing your Likewise. insight. Um, yeah, I would love to uh, love to see more of your workouts, and I want to get out to. I think you said you're in Chicago and get in the backyard with you. That'd be awesome. Two and a half hours south, East Central Illinois, about two two okay. hours west of Indianapolis. Um, and you're. You guys are both welcome anytime. We'll uh, we'll throw down, then we'll have a feast and uh, wash it down with some cold ones. Dude, four fifty is right That's there, dude. Four fifty North is right there. Let's do it. <laughs> four fifty. <450, laughs> four... <laughs> so four fifty North is a very popular brewery out of Indiana. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so I was just saying, like, if it's that close, let's go. Hell yeah. Yep. Hit me up. I'll yeah. I'll come meet you. I'll yeah, bring Joe, some gear. We'll do a portable one. <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. great, bro. It's always a good time talking with you and uh, appreciate you uh, having me on and having Mark on. And and uh, I really, really appreciated Mark's um, insight and, you know, with his background with um, with the with the police units and the military and everything um, and still being able to, like, sometimes not take life too seriously and realize we don't know how much longer we all have. So, yeah, you can relax. You can have some beers. You can take a break you can go play with the kid instead of i have to remind myself all the time i don't need every single minute of the day for business um you know or whatever your goals are and yeah we work super hard in the gym but also like take it easy sometimes you know like you said like make time for yourself um other than you know just beating yourself up all the time so anyways that i guess that's my outro if you're gonna drink just earn it and then have a good time <laughs> Pleasure being uh, on with both of you, Joe. It's been awesome reconnecting. Yeah, with man. You too, by the way, likewise. Um, I definitely want to connect more. I want to talk more. I definitely have an idea for a, another podcast that I think you two would be perfect for, and that revolves around male toxicity. Mm. And I think right. that's a, that's a good yeah. conversation with you guys, and um, we'll talk more about that later on. <laughs> Let's do All it. Right. So uh, right. thanks, guys. I appreciate you being on. Mark, I appreciate I know it's late where you're at. Uh, I appreciate you connecting. Justin, you know I know you people. got. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, but. Uh, Justin, uh, thank you for being here. I know you've been busy all day and you got the little one in the house. Uh, so till next time, guys. Thanks for joining. All right. Take Have care, a great guys. Night, Cheers, guys. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye.